Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now opening and featuring on the stage with me tonight, or I should say in this context, one on stage, one backstage, because I am joined with two people who have been involved in both of those areas. So please give it up for my guests, Isabel Webster and Daniel Malkin. How are you guys? All right. Good, thank you, Scott. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very good. It's just nice to have a catch up with you guys. And just for the benefit of the tape, how long has it been since we graduated from university? (laughs) What's a police investigation? <laughs> six years. <laughs> did you not? Did you not know it's an interrogation, Daniel? Oh Christ! Where's my lawyer? <laughs> you better call Saul. <laughs> oh. uh, no, it's about six years. Six years, yeah. That's just crazy. I went to university with Izzy and Dan, and like I said, they specialise in different areas. So before we actually get into the meaty part of the section, guys. Could you please give us a little bit about your backgrounds and how you got interested or involved in the performing arts industry? So, Izzy, if we start with you. Hi, I'm Izzy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Hi, um... She's had a breakdown and we haven't even started. Ah! <laughs> okay. Um, hi, I'm Izzy. Um, I went to the University of Scott to study acting. Um, I got into the arts, well, I started with music, really, so I played the trumpet, and then I went into GCSE A-level drama, and then I wanted a degree without writing, so I took acting. <laughs> I do not blame you, literally, like, um, the amount of essays that you have to write in university, especially dissertations, yeah, I don't fancy that, so if you're looking for a um, course where you want to get a degree, but you don't want to do the rent work, apply for drama college. <laughs> Literally. Our, our 500 words, wasn't it? One of our essays. Speak for yourself. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Dan, you I don't think count. we have more at one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, those bloody essays. Fucking it was hell. mad, wasn't it? Just reflect, reflections, oh, not essays, reflections. Reflection on the past, and we did get some good out of it. So, Dan, yeah, yeah. what about you? Um, how did you get started, bud? And um, tell us a bit about yourself. I started when I was in school, funny enough, um, age 14, local school production. Uh, I went down to my local theatre and helped out with the school, and I, I never left. I got trapped working in events in general for about 15 years, right away from doing basic stagecraft to light and sound, stage management, bit of production management. And I've also worked as a security operative and a senior security manager as well. Very nice. So, like, you're well versatile in um, the organisational side of things, shall we say? Well, versatile is, is a good way to put it. I mean, you've you've got to be these days. There's so many fantastic technicians and creatives out there at the moment that you've got to have the ability to adapt to the different job roles, and you've got to be um, multifunctional in what you're doing. You can't just be a lighting technician anymore you've got to have the ability to put the lamps up and understand what they're doing you've got to have the ability to do basic sound or, or basic paperwork and stage management and the more you know or the more areas mm-hmm. that you have experience in and don't don't get me wrong i'm no expert but the more experiences you have the better and more qualified for a job role you could be yeah of course it's like when you apply for any job in it like the more skills you have in your cv they're likely to think oh actually this person's well versatile in many areas so this might be a good reason to hire this person that's what i always remember my, my first technical commander saying it's not about what you know on paper it's about <coughs> what you can do excuse theodore we have an uninvited <laughs> guest into the stage <laughs> ladies and gentlemen ushers remove them quickly <laughs> take 
two. It's not about what you know. It's it's ha- your your ability to actually put it into put it into practice. Yeah, of course, that's fair enough. Those of you who've listened to us before, what I like to do is just uh, break the ice a little bit and just start off with a round of Would You Rather. So I'm going to list off two things and then Izzy and Dan are going to tell me which one they would prefer. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. First one, Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Without a doubt. Dan? Daniel. Oh, Star Trek. Sorry, I thought you were doing all of them for Izzy first. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Right, Star, Star Trek, definitely. No, just, just um, one, one, yeah, one at a time. Okay, there we are. So both in sync with that one. The summer or the winter? Winter. Winter. Oh, okay. Yeah, the husky, it's always the winter. <laughs> nice. Curry or Chinese takeaway? Chinese. Ooh, curry. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I don't like curry, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've got plenty of options to order, especially in lockdown. <laughs> well, not around here, mate. Valleys area, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit to write to the council. Can we get more takeaways <laughs> for the valleys? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. Please. <laughs> right then, would you rather watch a musical or a play? Musical. Would you rather a fantasy genre or an action genre? Ooh. Um, probably a fantasy. So, like for films now. Yeah, yeah. I like f- fantasy, like magic and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what about you, Dan? I'm gonna have to say action first off because, well, because action is always something to capture me. Mainly explosions. I mean, explosions win every time. Whereas fantasy, it can be very hit and miss. <laughs> you know. So remember, guys, if you're doing a production or a film and you want to impress Dan, just have an explosion in there. It doesn't have to be massive. Just something. Yeah, just just, just something to um spark the fuse, as they say. Yeah, big, big, big explosions. <laughs> there we are. Cake or chocolate? Cake. Chocolate. <laughs> what about chocolate cake? I said this on my episode with Ellie and Daisy, and I did say that, and Daisy's like, yeah, but that's still technically cake. It's like, hmm. Not if you make a chocolate fudge sauce and then do like grated chocolate on top, then it is definitely both. Mm. So you're here to hear, guys, like that is technically a wormhole there. Get multiverse theory in this. (laughs) What about you, Dan? (laughs) Uh, What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Cake or chocolate? Do you know, I keep keep hearing that first bit and I keep thinking you're going to say death. <laughs> but, Cake no. or death? Uh, chocolate. Cake or death. I'll go with chocolate, mate. Chocolate, definitely. Ah, uh, death, please. No, cake, cake, cake. Sorry, cake. you said death first. Ah, ah. Well, I meant cake. Ah. I meant cake. Well, oh, all cake. right. <laughs> you're lucky you're on the Reject or Recall podcast. <laughs> there we are. And one more question, guys DreamWorks or Disney? DreamWorks, because Shrek is life. Uh, Disney. We do have Disney stickers all over the living room, so... And, you know. and, and, and Disney is almighty. Disney will own the planet one day. So uh... It will. <laughs> it will. You think the Justice League Zack Snyder cut is big? Wait till you see the Mickey Mouse edition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining the Avengers now with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's like guys! I'm sure there is fan art out there somewhere. Like, someone's probably, like, merged Kingdom Hearts with, like, the Avengers. Oh. 
guys, I must say, with all of your experience within the arts, you must have some pet peeves to tell, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about having an episode with just Dan, but I think Izzy needs to bring him back in a bit, I think. It's like, right, Daniel, that's enough now. Come, yeah, come on. Come have your tablets, Daniel. (laughs) But the lights are falling. The lights are falling. The curtains are being pulled. No, Dan, that's just you and your bed. (laughs) I'm not that bad. I, I beg to differ, Dan. I've I've seen shows with you in uni, and you were like, "Hang on, that rig isn't right." Oh, oh wait a minute, that, that person that stood on at the wrong yes, time. Yes, you are. <laughs> I hate you all. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you hate us. We're actors. Oh no, that's not fair. I, I wouldn't have a job. Well, I'm not. Because he knows it's it. true. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your words carefully, yeah. because in the, the era where people get cancelled, you could get cancelled for much less. Oh, well, <laughs> if I had a social media account, I'd be worried. <laughs> Izzy, what would be the first thing that you would like to reject from the performing arts industry, and what has it done that, that annoys you so much? Um, the worst thing for me is um, leg room in theatres. Um, especially in old okay. theatres and my father is six foot five and we always had to like crowbar him into the seat because he couldn't get oh, into it dear. Well, to be fair the theatre is 80 years old do you know it's, it's, it's... still I'm sure they had tall people no they were all, <laughs> they were all short they were all short yeah we had somebody on um, before it was Ellie and she was saying it's like how um it's just being stuck behind tall people in a theatre. And it's like, yeah, well, you can't blame them for the fact the way these uh, theatres were built, like especially with auditoriums, oh, where yeah. it's just like one straight line. So I completely agree with that. Well, but... if they had more leg room, they could stretch the legs out. Have you ever been on an aisle seat and then you had to like um, turn your knees to the side? It's just like... It's on an aisle seat when you sit your leg out and you trip up an usher because you've got your legs stretching out to try and stretch the muscles a bit. <laughs> I have had that plenty of times in my job as an usher. I went to go tell someone off because they were on their phone. Boof! Oh, nearly fall on my face. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm not part of the show, people. It just happens. Oh, talk about ushers being part of the show. Do you remember when that usher scared me, Dan? You've got to narrow it down a little bit. You're very easily startled. When we went to go see um, we went to see Turn of the Screw and he came down the aisle and I thought it was an actor part of the show and I jumped out of my skin. Oh, yeah, funny <laughs> enough. And that, that, that was again... Because somebody was on their phone a couple of rows in front. And it, and it did. Mm. It, it completely... Because Turn of the Screw is a very quite high tension and high... Not horror, but it is a scary show. And it completely broke us out of it. Because this usher walks down the middle of the thing. And we spent more time concentrating on what the usher was doing to what was going on in the play. Well, I was on an aisle. And out of the corner, I just saw him like bend down. And I was like... Aah! <laughs> that's what everyone was so scared about in the woman in black when i went to see it it wasn't the woman in black it was that usher it was the, <laughs> the man in white with a black tie <laughs> oh. <laughs> what's your opinion oh. on this dan with um lack of leg room in theaters from my perspective it's a very interesting one because uh, like i was saying earlier a lot of theaters are very very old now and you you make you take seats out to make more legroom for people. You reduce the numbers. You reduce the capacity on the the money that theatres could make. So it, it's always that balance and a bit of give and take. I, I think the real problem is not how much legroom is in the theatre; it's how much money and local funding that the the, the theatres receive. 
especially like with the way that the art is now like funding just seems to be like even more limited than before so but like you say the more seats that are in there the more chances people are gonna go and see the shows so many of these theaters haven't seemed to adapt in any way but again like Um, that's no fault of their own no and and it definitely isn't me i mean a lot of these buildings are listed a lot of them um can't make the can't be changed in some respects but again, and and a large majority of them are owned by by either trusts or local authorities or or something along those lines, and and they're not going to be splashing out money all left, right, and centre in order to bring mm. these theatres up to sort of the the level of the West End because it's not in their political interest to do so. But I think in the point that we are trying to make we would all like to reject the fact of limited space. It would just be nice to have some more room on your legs, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yes. Definitely. If there's hardly any leg room, it's like you put your sweets down or your drinks and you're trying to lean down. It's like, I can't even fit because there's no <laughs> space. <laughs> I just want a Malteser. <laughs> How did this person die and suffocate? Uh, they were trying to get a Malteser out of their packet, but the leg room wasn't uh, allowing them to do so. <laughs> I'd love to see that on a complaint to a theatre. It's like, I couldn't fit in this seat. Like You, you joke. You 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 joke you joke. I'm pretty sure people That's a real have thing. said that. <laughs> I have seen people who have said that. It's like this seat's too small. Um, no, it's uh, the seat's always been the same since 1800. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you seem to be the one with the problem. Yes, there is very limited legroom with a lot of theatres, especially with older theatres, like what you were saying about, um, especially like listed buildings, like what you were saying, Dan. So. I am definitely going to reject the concept of the fact that we don't have any legroom in a theatre, no matter your size. So, lack of legroom, audience seats, out! (laughs) We move now on to Daniel. What is your first thing that is coming into our audition room today, pal? And what is it done that you want to reject it so much? I would like to reject from the theatre industry is radio mics go into um like a bit more example for those um who are listening and may not um realize what that is so belt pack radio mics are uh well basically that they're devices that fit on your belts normally or it could be a waistline bra line hidden somewhere in the costume and then they've got a thin wire that runs across the body mm-hmm. towards the mouth whether it's above the head hidden in a wig or across the face into where the mouth is not so much in in higher level venues um, because there's always backups and spares and all that sort of thing but in the more sort of amdram area and, and the less well-off theatrical areas they are a nightmare <laughs> they always break down there's always frequency problems especially if you're again with am- amdrams especially the cables always break so the cable between the mic pack on the belt and the microphone which is on the head that always snaps mm. and breaks and you've got to try and find the problem and you're reaching down the back of a sweaty actor and it's horrible and disgusting <laughs> and, uh, yeah and you've got a <laughs> you're trying to fix a problem you're trying to either work out oh is it a frequency problem no right okay so it's is it the cable so you're, run, you're running along the cable now making sure all the connections are tight while the person's dripping with sweat and it's pouring off them oh. is it fixed yet is it fixed no it's not fixed yet wait you be patient oh, i gotta go back on no you <laughs> don't you don't <laughs> oh goodness me i bet so judging from that rant alone i imagine you've had quite a few encounters like that 
Oh, and, and don't get me wrong, that they are a, a key piece of equipment and they are a fantastic help. But the most annoying part of it is that one factor where it runs down that cable between the microphone and the belt pack always seems to break, always seems to break down and always snaps and you've got to replace it and cover it in sweat. And, and sometimes you've only got literally 20 seconds to do it. And, yeah. and using Panto as an example, uh, and a dame as an example, sometimes they've got three or four layers of costume on. Oh, no, so they haven't. Oh, yes, they have. You set me up for that one, bud. Uh, you've literally got to either pull it out of their back, or you've got to stick your hand down the back of this dame uh, and, f- and find the connections in the, in the packs and find where the break in the cable is, replace the cable or replace the entire unit. Make sure it's working. Check it's working, uh, and they're always there. Uh, I've got to go back on. I've got to go back on. I've got to go back on. And like I said, either you've got twenty seconds or ten ten minutes, but it's always the same. Oh, I've got to go back on. Yeah. No, no, you don't. No, like, like literally, I know the script better than you do. You do not need to go back on for another ten minutes. Let me do my job. Sounds like your um, problem is sweaty actors yeah. more than Mike Packs. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this um, <laughs> is this point more about the actors being impatient or the mics itself? Well, no, it's it's about the mics itself, um, because unfortunately they are a relatively expensive bit of equipment. Mm. If you go up to the higher level, uh, sort of West End, you don't get this issue as much because there's there's always got two belt packs on and and they've got spare wires already plumbed in and they've got spare microphones on their head. And all you've got to do is, Mm. is, well, you don't even have to do anything a lot of the time, just turn the mic on. Izzy, have you ever had any encounters with radio mics? My only struggle is I remember... When I was in Wizard of Oz in sixth form, we were in rehearsals and the musical director thought we were mic'd up and we weren't. Um, So we were singing and he kept screaming at us to sing louder because the mics won't do all the work (laughs) for us. So we were like screaming and they were like, we don't have them on. Getting it. He just literally was like, why can't I hear you? Why can't I hear you? (laughs) (laughs) Someone my facts. (laughs) A story I can think of at the top of my head is when I was doing a production of Alice in Wonderland. It was a children's theatre touring production. We were going around schools and everything. And obviously with TIE, it's like a small cast and but like there's always like you're doing multiple jobs so it's you're not just acting you're working the sound you're working the lights you're working the scene changes so you're pretty much doing like everything of like jobs of like six people at once i was playing the march hare and like you know like um mascots in football games and stuff like that it's like they're always like big characters or i like holiday parks like um so i had to wear like this form head of the march hare there was a microphone attached but then as soon as I put the head on, the mic was slipping down. And like literally, I was just like, well, it's I can't do anything about it unless I take the head off, adjust the mic. And while this happens on stage, you can't really do that. So literally, there's just like this one show I remember. Um, Mad Hat is talking to Alice and I'm just there in the corner. Just looks like I'm trying to like readjust my jawline because I'm just like, <laughs> can't get to the mic. It's like... Marche, what are you doing? It's like, uh, I'm checking for zits. <laughs> Quick thinking, improvisation. A similar thing to like what you were saying about Wizard of Oz is like our directors were saying, oh, you need to yeah. speak louder. I am trying to shout because the microphone keeps slipping. So what do you want from got me? got a microphone inside a head. Yeah. Like reverb. <laughs> <laughs> Just pops out the eyeball. It's like, <laughs> <"Hello."> <laughs> <laughs> no, ooh, the 
just for children. <laughs> but at least you're able to sort of like, because you're, you're both, rel- well, I'm going to use the word relatively, <laughs> you're both relatively professional, so you understand how the, the, these mics function. Uh, and the other issue is, like, quite often they yeah. don't have pop shields on them, so they're just exposed bare-end mics. And, again, especially when it comes to sort of Amdram level theatre, you'll have several members of the cast that put their makeup on, ready to go on stage, over the mic. Yeah. And it clogs it all up. And they're wondering, why, why isn't my mic working? Well, because it's caked in yep. makeup. Like, what, what, uh. what did you expect to happen? W- would you put makeup on your phone speaker? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but that, that doesn't sound like the radio mics are annoyed with that. Again, there's a lot of factors going in. Daniel, do you need to take your tablets again? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's radio mics plus actors together is what Daniel doesn't like. Actors with Yeah, so trying to put this into a like, context of what we've been talking about. Dan, would you say that it's more the case of actors not being considerate with their radio mics and not being patient is that what you'd say you'd want to reject rather than the radio mics itself i would never say that scott so yes (laughs) i don't even think it's that mate i think it's it's a general lack of understanding about how the equipment works um and it it does it it, it does go back to the radio mics It's it's a lack of understanding and lack of knowledge on what is actually involved in, in, in using this piece of equipment. Mm. Even though when you as actors get it, it's all working fine. There's hours of frequency programming and, yeah. and feedback eradication that's gone into setting up this bit of equipment for you. And it's, it's a very fragile bit of equipment by nature. Yeah. And again, that, that's because of how it's designed and how it's made. Um, and and it is, it's a combination of lack of understanding about the radio mics and a lack of, and, and, and some of them just being plain shit. It's the misuse of radio mics. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. There we are. Like um, the example you were giving about like actors saying, oh, I got to be back on stage. I got to be back on stage. And yet you're still trying to help them sort their mic out. It's like, no, you don't need to be back on stage. You're just saying, it's like, oh, look at me. It's like, no, no one wants to look at you. Pay 20 quid to see the other person, not you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The radio mics, if they were being rejected, they would get a recall but it's the misuse of radio mics. So actors, if anyone backstage or anyone at all is trying to help you with a radio mic or you are misusing it or you are treating it like a bouncy ball and just like flinging it around. And trust me, I've seen people do that. Yeah, I've seen that and it frustrates me. I'm like, no, no, no. That is not Thor's hammer. That is a microphone. So yeah, the mishandling of radio mics that gets rejected, and it's down our trapdoor, never to be seen again. Hopefully. Until the next show. <laughs> Until the next show, yeah. <laughs> we now move back over to Izzy, and what is the second thing in this audition today, Izzy, that you want to reject, and why does it infuriate you well, mine's so much? It's a bit controversial. Um, it's like a Marmite situation level, hate it. I absolutely hate it. Controversy causes cash. <laughs> well, I don't want to get cancelled over this. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but, um, audience interaction. So it's audience interaction in any way. When I'm on stage, I really hate it. When I'm in the audience, I hate it probably like double double the amount than if I um, wasn't on stage. It makes me anxious, um, especially if I don't expect it. So if I go into a, into a show and there's like a pre-show and someone just starts singing or doing something near me like 
freaks me out. And mm. when I'm, because I know how it makes me feel when I'm acting and I go to do it, I'm like, I hope this person isn't like me. <laughs> I hope they like it. Because <laughs> otherwise it's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can see it in a fear in people's oh, eyes. Nightmare. It's all about boundaries at the end of the day. Yeah. Isn't it? Obviously, with shows like a pantomime, you kind of expect mm. it. It's like because it's like obviously, um, oh, yeah, no, there's the don't. whole participation. <laughs> yeah, I see, I told you. Hey, okay, we're even now, Mister Malkin. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, with pantos and um, shows that advertise that there's participation involved, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. But especially shows like I remember a university used to do it a lot. Like, do you mm. remember uh, Canterbury Tales? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Daniel. I know that Dan. We all have things on it, but uh, let's just uh, move forward now. It's been years. <laughs> but yeah, like again, that show there was like what you were saying earlier, Izzy, about a pre-show element where like there was interaction in the canteen area, yeah. and yeah, okay, some people might appreciate that, but then it might be a bit odd for others because sometimes you just want to go and see a show and you want to see the action take place on the stage yeah it like and for me as well you want to like go into the experience and like really like lose yourself in the play but it takes me straight out because it's like oh i don't like this it it's like you know, scary yeah take <laughs> yourself away from the anxieties of life what? and social interactions by going to see a show with social interactions oh and also if they interact with you in the show the whole audience eyes are suddenly on you and even though I am an actor and I have had loads of people you know, on stage, it's fine. But sitting there, you know, having a nice drink and watching a set and suddenly you just feel these eyes <laughs> on you. I don't like it. I do completely agree with that. And Dan, before I ask you about your opinions on this, can I bring up a moment where you actually got involved in a show? Depends which way you're bringing up. Yes, you can. I'll answer. Yes, you can. Do you remember the show The Trial? Vaguely. Yes. But there was a moment where, like, one of the actresses who was playing a male character... Oh, Christ. I know what you're on about. I know what you're going to do. <laughs> this woman came running through the audience, just shouting at, like, audience members, and just saying, Have you slept with my wife? And Have you slept with my wife? You've been doing my wife. And literally, everyone was, like, backing off, like, No, no, no. And then, all of a sudden, it comes to Dan. It's like, Have you slept with my wife? And then, top of your voice, like, Yes, I have. I'm like... <laughs> he loves it. We were in Cardiff um, at the play that goes wrong and they were like pretending to plug a wire in. He stood up and went, sorry, mate, you got the wrong end of the wire there. Like full on joined in. And I was like mortified. <laughs> I was like, oh no. And he's like, yeah, mate, that's the other end. He goes, I was like, stop, please sit down. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not going to accomplish much, is it, trying to plug a plug into a no, plug, No, but you he? just don't... You know, they're it's, actors. It's, it's, it's just the look on this guy's face. It's like, oh, all right. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> That's the thing. If you want audience interaction, you've got to be prepared to deal with somebody exactly. like me. And, um... <laughs> In that show, though, it's very much expected... Um, well not expecting people to go, but they were literally climbing over people in the audience. Like, they were looking for a lost dog. Um, and they were literally like climbing over people's legs and like crawling along the floor. And it was, I I was not there for it. I was not there for it. When you think of a relaxing evening at the theatre, you don't think about having someone's foot in your face. No, and literally, they were literally climbing over everything. I mean, it was great. There was a callback later in the show to it, so it made sense. But it was, yeah. <laughs> the actor walked on stage with an empty lead and he was just like, oh, come here, boy. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, that's why they were looking for a dog. <laughs> 
So, Dan, you <laughs> seem to be on the side of you're okay with audience participation. Is that right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I'd like to say, in regards to you were talking about the Canterbury Tales, what I will say is, you two didn't have to take it apart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, moving on. No, I think audience interaction is a... It, it has its place in theatre. It does bring... It's a new concept. It's a break-the-fourth-wall concept. In in the arts, it has a very specific place in audience interaction. It can make you feel better about yourself. And from my perspective, it can cover a whole multitude of sins in some regards as well. Like if something goes wrong and, and in certain aspects, the ability of a, of a cast member to engage with the audience or, or to keep the production running while we deal with an issue hmm. is invaluable like it, it, it just you rely on it so much uh, especially sort of when the the house is about to open numerous times we've had issues like five to seven the show starts at seven five to seven something happens so what do we do certain shows you can really get away with it it's comedies mm-hmm. panto um, but when for, for for dramas, murder mysteries, there's no excuse for it. As someone myself who suffers from severe anxiety and people just come up to you just unexpectedly and it's almost like you put that pressure on yourself as if like you have to know what to say. Well, I, I've been on the other side. I went to see a, another performance with, with you guys and um, I was asked to, what was the last book I read? I've never read a book in my life. And I said, oh, out of, <laughs> out of instinct, I went, oh, Harry Potter. And he goes, which one? Okay, I didn't know the last one. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bloody show. Yes, yeah, we will. We'll yeah, let's just not yet. talk about that show. <laughs> I, w- I would love to do a whole episode ranting about it, but I am better than that, and I don't. You could do it with get, get a huge group of us together and remember the joy that was that show. Yeah, um, mm. nudity for the sake of nudity. Was it nudity? Mm-hmm. I missed that. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> I must have fallen asleep. You think you did, Dan? <laughs> but yeah, um. Aside from that um, show, um, which we will remain nameless for legal reasons, I can see the pros and cons to audience participation. Like, obviously, with Panto and, like, children's theatre performances, yeah, it's kind of expected. But, like, in some shows, it kind of comes out of the blue. I think with audience participation, I'm more on the fence of giving it a recall because it can be of use at times. But I will say this shows that have audience participation or moments where they ask you to get involved they should highlight that somewhere in a little bit of like the program or the leaflet or something oh please be aware like like the pyrotechnics warning or the flashing light warning like audience interaction yeah it's like people are going to come up to you yeah they may be I think it needs to be more beforehand rather than like in the like just before you're going in. But I think it should specify like if you're booking tickets, it should say, please be aware this show does include some form of audience interaction slash participation. Would you agree on that? Yeah, it can work really well to build an atmosphere. I, I, I went to another performance um, of uh, JC Superstar and mm. it was an incredible incredible show right from the get-go because was the audience the, participation a, that they asked you to be crucified 
Nope. Um, but what do, I was going to say, right. what show was this? Lloyd Webber, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I love uh, But no, right from the very start, you um, had people walking around in black uniform carrying mock heavy machine guns. Uh, sort of, you had this Gestapo-esque police officers walking around already forming the atmosphere of the first scene of JC. Before the show had even started, you're aware that this is a show about suppression, about uh, unrest, about you've seen this image of police officers heavily armed walking around the venue. It was incredible. A very, very uh, good artistic choice by a very good director. But were they going up to people and saying things to audience members? They took a very Queen's Guard approach to it as well. Some people went up to them and just ignored them. And uh, I think it was a plant member of, of the cast uh, he was like the last one coming in, to, and uh, he was pushed in. He he was hit with a gun and pushed in, sort of thing. Do you know yeah. it's a very, it's it's a very planned and methodical laid out, and you're yeah. already thinking, oh my god, it gets you into it so deeply before you've even started the show. Moments like that can emphasise the whole themes that the production or the play or musical is trying to get across, and I completely understand that audience participation and interaction is getting a recall but I think there needs to be more advertisement to say that it's included in the show. Okay. We have our first recall of the episode with audience interaction, but with some minor notes. So again, it's all constructive at the end of the day, and you can still reject it if you want to. It's all personal preference. But moving on to the next point, Dan, what is the next thing that you would like to reject from our audition room today? So this problem I had right the way through school, because like I said, I started at a very young age. And uh, I have it as recently as before the world ended with the pandemic when I was in work on the last gig that I worked. And that's people asking me, in my opinion, ridiculous questions in regards to work. The most obvious one is, oh, can you get me this person's autograph? My answer is no. Oh, why? But you're working with them. Or if you got no, because no matter what job you're doing, it's my line of work. I've got to be professional. Like, don't get me wrong. I've had photos with people, but it's been at the request of the artist. Been situations where I have picked up signed uh, copies of stuff, and and I've picked up souvenirs and whatever. But you don't ask for it because it's completely, completely unprofessional. Uh, and the fact that people are under this delusion that just because you're working in a backstage environment or a security environment, you're instantly best muckers with whatever performer you're working with is bizarre to me. That's the problem I think people need to differentiate is the fact that even though, yeah, these like so-called celebrities, um, high-list actors or performers and all that, they are human beings at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. We've been to Comic-Cons, and yeah, there have been some like actors like Izzy um, Bernard Cribbins, that's all I'm going to say. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, again, awesome. Like, but again, you were treating him like a, a human being. <laughs> yeah, you almost knocked him over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. And a, a lot of them, that's what they want from the backstage staff. They don't want any... I, I, and I specify a, a lot of them because it brings it'll bring me on to my third one in a bit. But um, uh, mo- most people, they they are human beings. They want to have a chat with you. They want to be treated like a normal individual. 
And the lengths these people will go to to get these autographs is unbelievable. Like, right, right the way down to bribes, to flashing, to jumping fences. <laughs> flashing? To... I beg your pardon. Mate, honest, honestly, I've had people, oh, if I flash you, will you let me through? <laughs> no. Right answer. I, like, I... I... <laughs> at the the end of the day again I I don't get and and this isn't just women this is men as well do you know Uh, and people offering bribes people offering this that and the other and I'm just thinking no like what what, what gives you the goddamn right to to think that you have the entitlement to come into a private area just because you want to make either a quick buck by selling it or meet your can you imagine in any other field where something like this could happen I don't know can you imagine I don't know, if a chef, for example, like you absolutely love their cuisine and like you're just gushing over them. It's like, oh, what your autograph? Oh, whatever photo were you? Oh, this, this. You make a brilliant spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Can you imagine what Gordon Ramsay would say in that situation, mate? He'd probably love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think someone coming into my store, like, because they love a rug and going up to my manager and being like, oh my God, that rug you gave me was so amazing. Can I have a picture for my photo album, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It is. It is. But no, that's that's just one of many stupid questions oh. that I've been asked over the years by uh, by friends, family, strangers. Yeah, strangers. strangers. I hope I hope no friends or family are offering to flash you. They say Game of Thrones, mate. Calm down, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I totally agree with that. People just need to mellow out. Remember that these people who are on the stage, on the screens, television, they're all normal people and they have lives and feelings and emotions as much as some people think that they don't, but they actually do. It's a little secret, but they actually do. It's not just the people that are on the stage, though, mate. It's the people that are working behind, behind and the security boys that get all the abuse. And yeah. They're only doing a job. Like They're not here to inconvenience you. They're doing their job. Yeah. And they don't deserve a lot of what people say and do to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's quite... It's, it's quite worrying. Yeah. Yeah. When, you, when you're living in a culture like this, like we're supposed to be a developed people, and the abuse that my, my staff get for saying no to somebody is, is just on another level. Like you said, Dan, the people who are like volunteers, work in security, the ushers and all that, and they're getting abuse because it's like, oh, why aren't you um helping me get this person's autograph? It's like, that's not my job. And two, why the hell should I care? <laughs> yeah. Nearly after every show I've done, like a musical or something, and like we have <laughs> a celebrity in the performance, I will always get the same thing. It's like, after the show, they'll say to me, how do I get to the stage door? Where's the stage door? I'm like, we don't have one. That way. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh once. I actually um, pointed somebody in the direction of stage door, but it was the wrong way, like intentionally. So I sent them towards the, the bus station. <laughs> oh, you cruel, cruel man. How could you do such a thing? <laughs> How could I actually help that celebrity get to their car and their hotel for them to have a sleep? How dare you? People tried to think of these people. <laughs> Kindness rejected. <laughs> Mobs. Recalled! Yeah! Revolution! <laughs> Guys, if you are one of these people who throws abuse at, like, anyone who works in any field of the arts, just because you want to get a picture and an autograph just to check on Facebook, yeah, not only does that get rejected, but you need to get rejected.
let's move on to our final points from both of our lovely guests this evening. Izzy, what is going to be your final part of the show before we bring the curtain down? What do you want to reject this evening? From a musician's perspective, as a brass player, we have to use a thing called valve oil. It's um, called blue juice. And it smells like, I don't even know, like rotten plastic. And if it goes down into the trumpet and you breathe it in, it's like a coating of oil. It is the worst thing in the world. I just wish there was, my trumpet could stay oiled forever and I'd never have to use it. Because as soon as you open the bottle, it's it's like a plasticky smell. And it is just so unpleasant. And then obviously when you use the spit valve, it comes out and you get stained on your leg from the oil. It is just... It's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got cream everywhere else, like a, a, a slide cream, but for the it's oil for the valves because they have they're really like little springs and yep. things. Um, it just it just stinks. It's like engine oil, but it's this far away <laughs> from your mouth. It's disgusting, and I've hated it ever since I was little. But you've always got to buy it because it's the best on the market, <laughs> and it's. Uh, Can't they just make flavoured ones? Oh my god, it'd be amazing. Like strawberry or like cotton candy. Yeah, I was going to say like... um... Or candy floss. (laughs) Oh, I went American. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what happens, people. American society is slowly invading and it has for many years. (laughs) But yeah, can you imagine... Yeah, literally, just like um, you see the brass band, it's like the end of the song, but like they're still holding their instruments in place. It's like, what are they doing? I don't know, but it smells Skittles. Yeah, and just like, ah. <laughs> Why has that tuba man got, like, Oreos going into the horn? Oh, it'd be so much better. And imagine how much more audience we'd attract towards the bands if we all smelt of sweets and loveliness. Dan, do you have anything to add to this um, topic before we make um, an obvious decision? Yeah, I'd get rid of it, because when it spills on stage, it's very, very slippery. <laughs> when we use our spit valves and spit all over your stage, probably. That, no, 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 that's, that's just disgusting. That is awful. Like, because at the end of the day, I, I've, either myself or my staff members have got to go on stage and clean up after you, horrible lot. And the, the, and to be fair, the more professional players will, will either have spit buckets or or, cl- or cloths that they put on the floor uh, to pick it up. And then you, I've been been in some some shows where you're literally swimming in it because oh, there's four or five of them down in the pit and they're all letting it all like, flow all over the floor and you might as well be in a swimming pool by the end of the day. All the spit, all the fluid, all of the mess. Oh my God, COVID started with brass bands. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm going into hiding. Oh, I'll be you. back in two months. <laughs> don't, you'll, have, you'll have all the conspiracy theorists and the anti-vaxxers on your back now, mate. Oh my God. <laughs> Where's your evidence? I don't know. Some ginger person on a podcast told me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I tuned into this podcast. It's expected to hear people rant about the arts, and then I hear the COVID started. Quick, quick, quick disclaimer: None of us are scientists. We don't have a clue how COVID started. Listen to a professional. But anyway, back on to the point. I do think that that should be rejected instantly because one. It's a horrible feeling for you guys playing the instruments. It's also a nightmare for the cleaners mm. afterwards. And Dan, obviously, out of everything I can imagine, probably has nightmares about <laughs> it. <laughs> Valve oil. Oh. We want to reject that, find a substitute to make it less messy and actually more <laughs> endurable. So I reckon candy floss flavor, chocolate flavor, peanut butter flavor, sweets flavor for the brass band. 
from things such as audience participation, radio mics, and valve oil. Now we have one last thing to see us out before the end of the evening, guys. So, Dan, could you please tell us what is the final audition of the day and why do you want to reject it so much? What has it done that's infuriated you? What is it that makes your blood boil, my brother? So this is probably one of the things that gets me the most in the entire arts and entertainment industry. Uh, okay. And it does relate to something something I was saying earlier, but it is the... But don't you know who I am, Attitude? Uh, <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. Right, that's the end of the episode. Rejected. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But for the sake of conversation, because we just like to have a rant, please tell us a bit more. So this is sort of, unfortunately, in all aspects of it, whether it be the technical side of it, the management side of it, the uh, and, and most commonly the performing side of it, you'll get those individuals who expect special treatment because they think they're entitled to it or they won't wear their passes because they think everyone should know who they are because of their face or they're too important or something along those lines Uh, and the attitude that you get is absolutely disgusting Mm. and some of these individuals talk to you like dirt you're you're completely below them completely below them until they need you to do something for them. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not just even in like the arts, I find. I think this applies to everything, like what you were saying. Even people, <laughs> just in general, like they think, it's like, oh, I'm better than you sort of thing. It's like, don't you know who I am? It's like, what, you, you're the manager of Tesco? It's like, yes, I am. But the, like, the problem that I have is every time that I hear somebody say that, i got to stop myself from saying the old Max Boyce joke. Um, so they go... Oh, don't you know who I am? Oh, 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 are you lost again? Do you want me to go and find Matron and she can tell you? <laughs> Unfortunately, it is a very regular thing. It's it's not as common uh, among the bigger names. Uh, you'd think it is, but the, the bigger names sort of are, are more grounded. Don't get me wrong, there are some very notable exceptions, yeah. which I, I won't go into. But you'll find with the bigger names, it's more the managers that are the issue. I've yeah. been in one incident where the manager has come in and he's gone, while this person walks past, you must turn your back and stare at the wall. No, because I can't do my job if that's the case. I don't care who they are. I've got a job to do. I'm looking after this individual. I'm not going to divert my gaze. Mm. And the actual individual was a, one of the nicest people I've ever met. It was the manager that was at completely yeah. normal. No, I, I completely agree with that. Like, literally, sometimes, like you say, you'll get the nicest person on the planet, but then their manager's like, oh, you can't do this. I own your life, so you can't. You must do everything that I tell you to do. And don't you dare look at them. Don't even think about them. It's like, no, piss off, you prick. As you go further down, so you go from A-list to sort of F-list, it's the worst at the F-list. Don't you know who I am? Um, and my actually, well, do you know who I am? And they go, no. But then you're sort of thinking, well, you don't know who I am, so why are you treating me with such disrespect when this is my stage sort of thing, do you know? And uh, and you're almost thinking, like, you clearly don't know who I am because you wouldn't be talking to me in such a way. Izzy, has there been any um, incidences where you've seen it firsthand? Or? I'd just say, because obviously I'm full throttle in retail now, um, it's people... Hmm. Do you know who I am? I'm going to ring your CEO and I'm going to get you fired just because we won't return like a £3 pillowcase because it's been opened. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, my yeah. husband does this and he's going to do that. You never hear anything from them <laughs> afterwards. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 
We had one situation a few weeks ago. I'm, st- I'm still waiting for my letter to complain about me. I haven't had one yet. So, yeah, um, make my day. General customers, when things don't go their way. Let you, I work in retail at the moment. Well, obviously when um, COVID wasn't a thing. But yeah. the amount of things you get, like you say, in retail, it's just the worst. Like they talk as if they are God's gift or like these A-listers. It's like nobody knows who you are. You, I don't know. You just work in a bookshop or you work at Superdrug <laughs> yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I'm not saying anything against Superdrug workers. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you're not exactly God's gift. So why do you feel like you have a step above the rest, if that makes sense? It's the Karen culture, isn't it? Yeah, I just don't understand why people feel like they can have this attitude towards other people. Because, like, especially, like, with people in the arts, they were at a low point themselves where they were struggling, where they weren't getting much work and all that. Yeah, of course. And yet they would know not to treat people like that. And, like, sometimes you will see, like, the odd occasion where it's like child stars for example who then grow up slightly in the thing oh yeah i was popular then it's like yeah and yeah, yeah. Cool. good for you well and, and it's uh, the hanger-ons as well that are, uh, i can remember an incident from a, a couple of years ago mm. i was working an event and obviously you, you, you do the risk assessments and you do this that and the other this person came out of nowhere he had a triple a badge came out of nowhere and decided to jump off the front of the stage into a crowd of children pretty much and like yeah so the one rule was you don't do stage diving how do you mistake a child's show for glastonbury (laughs) well this is how it happens but anyway so um this uh person i don't see him then for a couple of minutes and he comes back up and he goes to run on stage again luckily the security guy stopped him and um brings him over to me and uh he goes oh don't you know who i am i'm this person that person i've got a triple a badge i looked at his badge and ripped it up and said you don't have one anymore please get off my stage i feel like it's the this mental state it's like people are so insecure about themselves they feel they have to make themselves feel bigger than what they are and even the celebrities that do this it's sort of like an insecurity it's like oh my fame might not always be here so i have to do everything i can so people remember me and that's just not the way it is and there are so many people, like um, what we were saying about retail, is he like who, like are not like A-listers or anything. Like they're no better than you, me, or Dan. And yeah, but again, they think, oh, if nobody pays attention to me, then I mean nothing. But these people, once they're brought down a peg, they'll start to sort of realise, oh my god, maybe I should start acting mm-hmm. decently. Yeah. Usually it's once the manager turns the corner and they're like, oh, oh, hello. And you know that they've been screaming and shouting at your colleague and you turn the corner and they're like, oh, yes, I've got, I've got a slight problem here. And you're just like, I can hear you from around the corner screaming and swearing, <laughs> you know. Is uh, this part of the shop like um, filtered to noise? Yeah, literally. <laughs> People think it is, I swear. We do live in a society now where everyone feels like they can have like their say without any form of repercussion and like you say it's like if you challenge them it just turns into like don't you know who i am or a personal attack sort of thing and when i'm doing more of the security work as well it's it's what i refer to as google lawyers they think they know their rights and they think they can argue the case and well actually no you don't you you are wrong yeah you will be removed or like and again we have this issue a lot when it comes to um something that they call uh, intellectual property. Yeah. A lot of people may not realise it, but when you go and see a show, the mm. reason that is you're not allowed to take photos and videos of that performance is not just because it's the performance, but the creative side of it, 
the yep. sound design, the light design, that's somebody's work, that's somebody's copyright. And also, like, I hate it when, like, you're watching, like, even an amateur production because, like, you're taking a picture of somebody else's child. Oh, but my child's on stage. I have a right to take a photo of her. Yeah, but there's, like, 20 other kids on stage. You exactly. Tit. 100%. 100%. And people just don't seem to get it. People will argue the fact, yeah. oh, I'm allowed to do it. You, you don't have to see my photo. No, actually, under copyright laws, we can. Yeah. You, you have to delete the photos. It's copyright and child protection laws. It just all goes back to that um, point that I think is perfectly summed up that deserves to be rejected is this sort of like, I am this godlike figure and you should all treat me as if I am better than you and you're all dirt in my shoe. That attitude, not just in the arts, just in any walk of life. Izzy, you were saying about retail. Dan, like you're saying, insecurity. People need to be knocked down a peg and realise, look, you're a human being, you breathe, you have blood, you do all other sorts of things like all humans do. Yeah. <laughs> like most. Most. But yeah, it's like... <laughs> No one is any better than anyone, in my opinion. So, overall, don't be a dick. Yeah, sums it up good. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> sums it up good. That is the mantra of the Reject the Recall podcast. Don't be a dick, because if you are, you can get out the fucking room and you're going down the trapdoor. <laughs> Just like you divas who think you're better than us. Bye-bye. <laughs> And that final point concludes our show this evening, guys. I hope you have all enjoyed, and I, it's been a pleasure talking with Isabel Webster and Daniel Malkin. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, and it's just been lovely to see you again, because, oh my God, six years is far too long. Far too long. It's been lovely just to chat again and like catch up and memory, like all the memories about uni and... It's been lush. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you two are talking about, but I saw Scott yeah. before the world ended, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yes, Daniel. Daniel's um, <laughs> being a bit of a Karen. <laughs> well, I so <laughs> Do you have to remember, Daniel? It has been quite a long time since our last Pizza Hut meeting. <gasps> Everyone should get. You had pizza. pizza Hut meetings without me. You were working. Oh, I'm sad. I am still very sad. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dan. Quick, add it to the calendar. Once COVID's <laughs> over and the pandemic's all done and dusted. Pizza Hut, quickly! Right, that's set for 2025. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way things are going, that is how it is going to happen. Before we do finish off, guys, is there anything you would like to plug before we finish? Or if you just want to send a message to our lovely listeners? Our dogs have Instagram. Um, <laughs> so Your dogs have Instagram, and I'm my... only now knowing this. My dogs have Instagram. Um, it's little underscore n underscore larger. So it's little and larger. Um, oh. So that's our dog's Instagram. Please follow it if you like cute pictures of dogs and nice scenery and things like that. That's Everyone needs a little plug. uplifting dose, I think. Go follow that Instagram, guys, because I am definitely going to go follow that in a second. <laughs> It's, it's it's cute, and if you scroll down to the bottom, it's got Castiel as um, a six-week-old puppy all the way up to now, and then Theodore <laughs> as a pup all the way to oh, now lovely. as well. And Dan, any last <laughs> words from you, bud? The show must go on. That's something I think everyone should be saying, and to anyone who says, oh, the arts aren't important, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. They hold such an important part in society, development, culture and art, that 
the, the, the mm. people that say it's not important, well, what do you do? You go home and watch telly. That's part of it. Do you know all these people that you exactly. say? Uh, like we all have like different ways of um, unloading and finds of um, being entertained, whether it be watching films, theater, telly, reading, watching sport, pro wrestling, um, watching comedy shows, all sorts. Like this is why entertainment is important, guys. Yeah. So, and that is what this podcast is all about. It's just for guys who have been involved in the industry passionate about the industry and just genuine nice people like Izzy and Dan to be honest so we can just have a chat and just be nice uh, yeah um, nice one percent nice 99 percent arsehole oh yeah (laughs) 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 gotta be accurate on the show guys so if you did enjoy this episode of the reject or recall podcast guys please head over to facebook and just search reject or recall Hit that like button, and we are also on Instagram, Twitter, and if you do want to listen to this podcast more and catch more episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And until next time, guys, stay safe, be happy, and remember, when in doubt, jazz hands. I'm doing jazz hands. (laughs) Izzy was doing jazz hands, and Dan is just like, I hate my life. (laughs) How did you you even know the camera's not on? (laughs) (laughs) Dance just a box in protest. <laughs> <laughs>